0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advancing Talent. My name is Spencer Stewart, and I am absolutely delighted to introduce this week's guest. Regina Ross is the Chief People Officer of Khan Academy. She has over 25 years of industry experience working with some of this country's most recognizable brands, From Amazon to Target. Regina is a passionate leader uh, in her field. Uh, Regina, it's so great to have you. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Spencer. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: So, Regina, let's jump right into it. Khan Academy. I love Khan Academy's mission statement. It basically is to provide a world-class education for free to anyone, anywhere. And the last numbers I saw are something on the order of 140 million people on your platform, probably on every continent. Um, Regina, tell us a little bit about Khan Academy for some of our viewers who may not be familiar with it.
1: Yes, Khan Academy, my children use Khan Academy uh, when they were in school, even though I'm an uh, engineer uh, by trade, my, my kids struggled with math. And so Khan Academy going on to, to get help and support, particularly in the STEM um, science and math videos, and it's exploded beyond that. And truly the mission of Khan Academy is to provide a free world-class education for anyone, anywhere. We have a five-year strategic ambition to help accelerate the learning of over 10% of students in the US by 50% or more in STEM. That's amazing, think of the pandemic, think of the learning loss that occurred during the pandemic and what we're trying to do is really double down on helping the students um, in the US in particular uh, with STEM and then we have students across the entire globe. So we are expanding um, internationally and we really do want to uh, inspire people to, you can, you can close the learning gap there's no reason that you can't um, accelerate your potential um, through learning, and this is what Khan Academy is all about. And recently just enabling uh, Khan Academy and our offering with Khan Migo. so the artificial intelligence tutor, tutoring assistant in a safe way, in a reliable way, in a way that doesn't uh, encourage kids to cheat. You can't just ask Khan Migo to give you the answer, but it, um, it, 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 it uh, accelerates your learning in a way that's efficacious, that's engaging, and so I'm super excited to be part of this mission.
0: Well, there is so much there that I want to unpack with you. Conmigo is this wonderful student tutor, this, you know, personalized, assisted, you know, AI um, bot, although it's probably more than that. I remember seeing a press release not too long ago between Khan Academy and Instructure, Looks like you have this great relationship and structure was just down the street from WGU in, in Salt Lake. So let's put Conmigo over here, because I think we're gonna talk a lot about Conmigo and the you know, advent of AI-assisted intelligent agents. That's really, really exciting. But before we do that, do you mind if we talk a little bit about you? I've got a question for you, <laughs> Gina. So I loved reading about you, your experience, your bio, and one of the things that sticks out to me is kind of this this three-appendage approach to how you view your career. It's, it's head, heart, and hand, and I think you shared this in your introduction that you fundamentally are an engineer that has now found herself within the people and talent space, and so you have this very analytical mindset, and then the, the heart for leading people, that certainly goes hand in gloves with people and talent and human resources, and then this hand analogy with being this great coach and helping people bring out their best. Exactly. So I, I want to understand how you came up with this kind of threefolded uh, approach to, to how you view yourself.
1: You know, if that's a great question, Spencer, and it just takes me back to my experience in high school, um, very gifted in high school, took a lot of you know, advanced placement courses, but I had no um, aspirations at the time of going to college until um, my chemistry teacher, Ms. Gaffey says, hey, Regina, you're, you are going to college, fill out this application to this Minority Introduction to Engineering program at Arbor University. And so it was her seeing the potential in me and, and lending, not just the connecting the head, because yes, I was smart, but she had a heart for me as her student and she wanted me to do more. And then she lended her hand and gave me some instruction and some coaching on, here's how you can pursue your college um, career. Um, here's how you can advance and go beyond where you are right now. And I think that's when that, that model formed for me, Spencer, way back when uh, in a junior in high school, I saw that model by Miss Gaffey, uh, and so this is where me as an engineer, of course, I love data, I love analysis. So talent analytics and and looking at the, um, the, the data, looking at the trends and you know, being able to connect the dots. But then you have to move it from a head knowledge to like why, you know, the hearts, you know, for people and what motivates them and how do you tap into um, their passions and maybe even understand what their fears are. And it wasn't until Spencer I got trained uh, and certified as an executive coach, like b- being able to bring it all together in an artful way of connecting the, you know, what's what's in the head, left brain, right brain, what's in the heart for a person, making it um, uh, cohesive and then helping them to find a way through coaching, bringing out the brilliance that's within them so that they can do what it is that they really desire to do and holding that up in front of them. Their desires, their aspirations, their intentions holding them accountable and then giving them a plan of how to move forward so um, it started with Miss Gaffey and then just through my experience of bringing it all together I just love what I do
0: Gina, I love that I think so many of us have the equivalent of a Miss Gaffey. I think we can all point to someone and in our lives that has made a, a tremendous difference who served as a mentor, a coach someone that um, you know 20 30 40 years later we still think about I, I love that story. So as I looked at your career, one could make a compelling argument that you have had a very interesting, promising, compelling, and also non-linear career. So for our listeners, can you talk about where you started after Auburn and how you ended up at Khan Academy?
1: It is so interesting, Spencer. You mentioned non-linear. My maiden name is Linear. Uh, But I've had a very non-linear career, L-I-N-E-A-R. So my first job out of college uh, as a young engineer was with Michelin Tire Corporation. And I love the way that they taught us to do it the Michelin way. So despite my degree and my training, they wanted to train us how to do it the Michelin way. So my first nine months of engineering training was in running the production line uh, for tire building because their philosophy was that in order to really support the business, you need to first learn and understand the business. And that approach has followed me throughout my entire career. So this is why you may see me going into roles where uh, maybe as um, an engineer or as a, I'm I'm trying to learn the operation so that I can really understand what's important for the business. So that's one um, major lesson that I learned from Michelin. Another major lesson that I learned from them, um, and I had a great mentor, great mentors, is that Regina, it is your responsibility to manage your own career. So even though we had career managers that were assigned to us and would help us to navigate, you know, what you should do next, my mentors told me, Regina, you need to define what success looks like for you and make sure that you are navigating your career instead of letting someone uh, navigate it for you and tell you what to do. So I ended up turning down two promotional opportunities at Michelin because it wasn't right for me. Um, I was a new mother. At a brand new, you know, toddler or infant at home, she wasn't even a toddler, and the two roles were going to be corporate sales or corporate training, which was going to be seventy-five percent travel. And I, that wasn't success for me. Um, the what what I did do was take lateral moves, and so even though I did have some promotions at um, at Michelin, I I wanted to explore this role here. I wanted to explore that role there. I wasn't chasing titles. I wasn't chasing. Um, you know, just the promotion. I wanted the experience, right? And so I think, Spencer, with that mindset, it has really helped me to um, have a broader view mm-hmm. of what success is and success on my terms. I've continued to grow. I've continued to learn. And in doing that, of course, some of the promotions did come when they were right for me and right for my personal mission statement of what I defined to be success. The, the one last lesson I'll share that I learned from Michelin and I took with me is that I was taught by one of my um, engineering managers, Regina, do not expect to satisfy all of your professional passions and aspirations on your job. So don't, you know, so you're, you're here to like do your, do your best and contribute to the organization. But if there's things that you want to do, there's passions that you have, don't expect that you're gonna get the, get it all done, you know, on the job. And so this is what led me to volunteering, spending time tutoring, um, you know, when I uh, went to my next career, spending time um, doing things in the community that were important for me. And so that's why when you look at everything that I do, I'm a licensed and ordained pastor. I lead several ministry groups. I um, am you know, a professional coach and that's why I started my own walk on purpose coaching and consulting business because there are people, Spencer, that I knew I was intended to serve but I couldn't do it just on my job. And so it sounds like there's a lot you know, to have there but it's about understanding what is important for you um, and then being willing to make those lateral moves, not chasing the promotion, not chasing the next um, title or career um, move, uh, but doing what is important to learn and then to, con- to continue to, to contribute and give in a way that satisfies me. And, and my, why, why on earth am I on this earth? I'm here because I wanna help people um, find and authentically express their potential in a way that creates value and fulfillment. I'll do it here on this nine-to-five job, but there's other things that I can do. And so that is why my career is taking a lot of turns, learning the business, doing what's right for me, um, and then just making sure that I'm, I'm serving others.
0: Well, we probably could end this segment right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to get um, any more wisdom-packed. I'd love those three lessons. Uh, learn the business first. Two define your own success That's right. and three acknowledge that life and what life holds is greater than the sum of one's career. That's right. I love that. Drop, I drop love the that. mic,
1: right? <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes. Um, well, let's talk about learning the business. Um, uh, As we mentioned in the introduction, Michelin, uh, Amazon, Target, uh, Pitney Bowes, I think is another, now Khan Academy. So let's shift to Khan Academy. What is the business of Khan Academy?
1: It is about helping to um, accelerate learning. You know, there's a gap, and I think you know the story from Sal. He started tutoring his cousin, and... Uh, started creating these videos and then it just went from there and expanded uh, to beyond Nadia um, to other people who needed, who needed someone who can explain complex concepts in a way that was engaging, that was simple, that was easy to understand. Um, and that is what Khan Academy is about. And so, and and it is about also leveling the playing field. One of the things that we are focused on is um, having a deeper uh, penetration in historically under-resourced communities where maybe they didn't have the funds to, to pay for a tutor or to go to, um, you know, courses to prep you for the SAT. But it's really about making sure that everyone has equal access to learning and to education. And that is what Khan Academy does. And so it's not as simple as having, t- you know, YouTube videos. We have found that we have better penetration when we're um, in the, the, the school districts, because if you're there in the school districts um, and the teachers are using Khan Academy and the additional things um, beyond just the YouTube videos, but the rostering and um, the, the reports and things of that nature, it, it really takes a load off the teachers. I tutored my kids for several years, so I understand the, some of the challenges of trying to meet you know the learners and students where they are and, and provide efficacious learning that is engaging. And so this is what Khan Academy does as well through the Khan Academy districts. And now with Conmigo, not as just a tutor for the students, but also how can Conmigo help take some of the load off of the teachers. And so it's just super exciting to be part of a mission oriented organization that cares about learners, that is helping to close um, the the gap in terms of success for people who may be in, in marginalized communities because they just haven't had access to learning. And so that's what that's what we do.
0: I, I love that mission. And I, I'd love to get your perspective. I, I think um Sal was in a recent interview. And if you're like me, Regina, I think this calendar year and next calendar year, the buzzword has certainly been generative AI. That's right. And 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 with your Uh, engineering background, I thought Sal had a really interesting point and that is those in technology, those in engineering who have really, really significant backgrounds, there is this tendency to first start with technology. Uh, And then once we have the technology solution, then we go looking for the problem to solve And Sal's point was, I think we first need to understand what that problem is and then begin to identify the best solution. Some of those may be uh, tech-based, and and certainly this is really opening the door to to generative uh, AI. And so thinking about uh, Conmigo, um, can you talk a little bit about how... What, how Khan Academy has approached the, the, the kind of the bigger societal problems mm-hmm. to solve and how Khan Migo plays a role in that.
1: Yes, it, that's a great question, Spencer. And we know there's uh, several reports that talk about the learning loss. And so um, we, and we've done studies that talk about um, the amount of time that a student or a learner spends on the Khan Academy platform um, you know, from yearly active learners or yearly very active learners, the more time that you spend and you're actually engaging, um, there's measures that show that that helps to abate the learning loss. And so we are wanting to use, we know that our, our material is efficacious. We know that the videos and the lessons and the content that is out there um, is very efficacious and it's engaging. And if, if users would commit to learning and spending that time with that content, um, then it starts closing the gap in the learning loss. What we're trying to do now with, with uh, Conmigo is to make it a little bit more engaging. So you may have other platforms or other software vendors that are fun and you know easy to use. And we've recognized that, okay, we we need to step into that. And we're using Conmigo um, to take that learner into the, the deep knowledge that's already there on the Khan Academy platform and be able to recommend um, you know, hey, have you looked at this lesson, or be able to, um, if they're doing a, a report on um, a historical figure, to be able to engage them in a, in a conversation, pretending like they're that historical figure. So the reason that I think we are set apart is that we have such a deep, deep, deep knowledge library, a lot of uh, of learning that we know that is efficacious, now putting, because and that's what we have created to solve the problem of learning loss and making sure that learners have the information that they need to be able to um, to close the gap. Now what we're doing is applying the generative AI to make it more engaging and to, because there's such a deep library. Sometimes people may not know where to go to, uh, they have a problem. We've done this even looking at Google searches in our SEO. Um, if you type in a particular string, Khan Academy may not pop up as the top um, solution to that. So now we're using generative AI to help us Um, be more present and more accessible to learners so that they understand here's where you can go to to get the training or to to get the lesson or to practice this particular skill. And it's just a, a sweet combination of more engagement, but also looking at the efficacious, deep knowledge banks that we already have at Khan Academy.
0: Well, it sounds like to me, Regina, that you are trying to create... The equivalent of Miss Gaffy for everyone (laughs) in this country. Yes. Realizing or acknowledging that there's no way that anyone can replace superstar teachers. Uh, In fact, I I think this is a point that you and others make. We certainly uh, share the same vantage point, and that is education is probably one of the most human centric professions on this planet, and it's thinking about how to leverage technology. It is. To better allow instructors, teachers to focus on what matters most.
1: Exactly. And that's what it does. Even the reports that it gives to the teachers, where it can tell the teacher, you know, the Commigo tutor can tell the teacher, hey, this is where Jimmy got stuck, or here's where Jimmy really excelled. So that teacher now is able to help reinforce what they need to, um, and then able to to double down into um, uh, providing more instruction or or um, understanding like where the gaps are, um, and it's just difficult when you when you think about a teacher and the class sizes that we have nowadays. How can they customize? And we talk about uh, personalized learning. How can they personalize the learning for thirty different students? But the using Conmigo will help the teacher understand uh, where the, this group is, where this group is, and in a, in a um, more efficient manner um, and provide some prompts or some instruction or some guidance on, okay, here's how you can, you know, coach or provide instruction for this group. And it just really does take a lot of the burden and a lot of the guessing um, off the teacher's uh, plate and helps them to really focus on what's most important to your point.
0: Well, there is so much to be excited about with the Conmigo and generative AI as it really uh, helps uh, support these big societal problems that we are all engaged in. And and certainly the um, fallout of the COVID pandemic with learning loss across the country, across the globe, really, uh, I think we have to think differently uh, as an education community with, with how we solve for this. Regina, I want to shift gears a bit because we've been focused on the, the business and the mission of Khan Academy, and you wear a lot of different hats. Uh, you are the chief people officer at Khan Academy, and you've held that title or variations of it with many other companies. And so the question that I have for you is, we are seeing these great innovations that are changing um, how we think about um, education, how we deliver education. How has technology changed your field of human resources management? What is changing? And maybe in a similar vein, what shouldn't? change within the field of hr great
1: question i mean what is changing like think about the pandemic this this experiment of now being able to do work remotely and so many organizations like khan academy uh, we have just stayed remote first so when you think of culture and engagement the employee experience it looks very different in a virtual world than if we were all in the office you know hanging out and being able to see each other and so um, that like shifting in the, the definition of engagement and in the employee experience in this hybrid or remote distributed working environment is something that a lot of organizations are struggling with and so we actually just had a um a completely virtual um team event last week so you know the year before we you know came together it was all in person it was great um, this time we decided to have a virtual event and so how can we create engagement how can we have these getting connected sessions um, virtually how can we um, take people through a uh, HBDI um, assessment you know together virtually how can we so it's like how do we deliver learning how do we make sure that we're engaging how do we so those things are very different in the HR world uh, today and so you see a lot of technology I'm part of the people tech partners uh, platform where there's a lot of different um, uh, vendors and technology companies coming to people officers and saying here's what we can do to help with uh, with culture with the, the employee experience with recruiting things of that nature because uh, we are having to lean more heavily into technology um, it's also causing us to take a look at our HR technology stack to see how you know is it integrated well is it is it easy for the um, the end user for our employees to use is it causing burden is it um, is it um, helping to accelerate things so that they can get things done and just you know, keep on doing what they need to do to serve um, serve our clients, serve our users? So those are some of the things that we grapple with. The other thing I'll share, and I'll, well, hopefully you won't ask me too many questions about it, but even the the compensation, total rewards, you know, what does that look like in this um, in this day and age? Um, and how are we using um, technology vendors, um, other uh, technology? Um, solutions to help provide that employer value proposition. So it's not just about dollars and cents in terms of your base pay, but there are other perks, there are other benefits that our employees want and how do we make sure that we're using surveys, pulse surveys, instead of just a one time a year um, annual employee engagement survey to check the pulse and find out what matters. Uh, how are people doing in terms of burnout and just the mental wellness and how can we make sure that we're offering um, you know, coaching and therapy and, and sessions of, the, of those nature to help support um, the employee's well-being, particularly when they are in a world where maybe they used to have access to coming together in person, and that in-person access um, has, it's, it's almost, you know, kind of lost. And so these are some of the things that I'm concerned about as an HR leader and a lot of my CPO colleagues as well.
0: I, I love that. It, it sounds like one of the things that will never change within your domain, your professional domain, is that people come first. And I will say, this is an observation. Uh, you may agree or disagree, but I have noticed that post-pandemic, there seems to be a greater you know, concentration of effort and energy around thinking about people holistically and i think maybe the pandemic had something to do with that where it's not our work self and it's not our non-work self i think the pandemic caused these two worlds to, to collide. collide and we <laughs> and now we have a greater sense holistically of who our colleagues are and i think it's forced us to start thinking more holistically about health and wellness. Are That's you right. seeing that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Because to your point, you know, it, we're, we're not um, in the office, you know, for eight hours doing work and then we're, we, we go home. We're, like you're, I just moved my offices to a different location and so, you know, I'm, this is where my dog normally is, but I kicked him out because like I didn't want him making noise. So you, we're inviting each other into our personal space and we see our family members, we they're, they're, um, one of the things that I miss, Spencer, about not driving into the office is I used to have a separation time where like when I'm leaving work, I, I leave work. And then I have my drive time just to kind of reflect, to decompress, transition so when I get home, I could be home and fully present with my family. Now that transition time is gone. So I have set on my calendar a time where I'm stopping work I've sent the calendar invite to my family, particularly to my son Joshua, and he comes and he holds me accountable. It's like, Mom, why are you still working? This is because when you're home, it's just so easy just to keep on going. And so now I have to have some measure of separating. But just we we are we are holistic beings, and I think we're seeing so much more of that now um, because of you know the pandemic because of like just being on zoom calls or google meets you know all day long and just seeing our our families and so how do we continue to create that space for people to be their authentic selves um how do we um, it it, it, i think one of the things can be challenging um spencer is that you know like at khan academy and, and many organizations you're expected to be you know on on zoom you know camera on but what if it's a day where you really need to have your camera off like there's you know, all kinds of stuff going on at home, or maybe you don't have a separate space where you can be on a camera and not have your your family um, interacting or interrupting. So it's, I think we're we're a little bit more gracious and a little more understanding because we see each other as whole people, not just this work person.
0: If we might, Regina, let's go back to one of your three points of wisdom is your last one, and that is allow yourself to pursue passion projects outside of the bounds of work. And I I think you're involved in one right now, if I have this right. I I likely am going to get this wrong, but I think you are part of the group, perhaps even lead this group, with empowering women within the workforce, helping them advance uh, the career ladder. Uh, Can you speak to... Um, this passion project of yours and how you got involved and how it's going.
1: Yes, yes, that that has been a passion for me, um, and it's uh, I even though I haven't specifically um, marketed to women like in my coaching um, business, that's who is attracted to me, and so I end up with classes and groups that are full of uh, women who feel stuck, who are su- super qualified, and actually typically they're BIPOC uh, women, um, so. They're super qualified. They have a lot of credentials, but there is just um, they they hit the glass ceiling. And there's so many studies, um, the McKinsey uh, Women at Work, you know, women in the workplace study. Um, So I I know that I've experienced some of the challenges myself, and I am always trying to reach back and help other women uh, come come forward. So you can do it. And so a lot of the teaching um, and a lot of the coaching in this is starts with the mindset. It starts with the mindset. So there is the book, um, How Women Rise, uh, Sally Helveson, um, And she talks about like the 12 habits holding women back. And we often think as women that we have to um, have like 110% of the qualifications to apply for a job. Whereas our male colleagues see a job like, oh, I'm, I've got about 70% of that. I'll, I'll be great for it. So there's just mental models and there's limiting beliefs. And so it's just starting with the mindset because we often do have, the pedigrees, the uh, the education, the experience, Um, but the lack of confidence is is one of the things that hold us back. I would say the other thing too is just how do we make sure that we're opening up ourselves to sponsors and mentors um, and those mentors and sponsors really don't need to look like you. And so I've had like some of the best mentors and sponsors I've had have been white men who have taken an interest in my career who've helped me to understand some of the unwritten rules and so women are closing themselves off from from that um, that's um, you're just you're missing out on some knowledge and getting someone who can really help you understand um, where you are and how to get to where you want to be so it's it's a passion project of mine I haven't done as much as I want to lately but I'm getting back into uh, supporting um, women in their careers and it's And it's so interesting, Spencer, there have been women who have come who were earlier in their career and they're like very ambitious uh, and they want to get to this next role, this next role, this next role. There have been other women who are mid-career and others who are on the end of their career who want to know, should I retire? Should I transition to a board, you know, um, positions? And so it's interesting bringing all those women together, uh, even though they may be on different ends of the spectrum of their career. There's so many similarities in mindset there's so much that they can teach and learn from each other, and that's the power of coming together as a group. And so I'm um, just super passionate about uh, that work, and I, I will continue to do it uh, as, as long as I can. Thank you for asking about that.
0: I, I love that. I love that. And I jotted that down, How Women Rise. That sounds like a fantastic resource. Speaking of resources, uh, broadly speaking, Regina, where do you go for inspiration and support. It sounds like you, you provide a lot of inspiration and a lot of support for others, but where do you personally go? Are there resources that you draw from? Do you have favorite authors, or who do you follow, or, or do you have family members? What does that look like? For-
1: yes, I am super passionate yeah. about just being a continual learner. So so I have to invest in my professional development. I have to model that for my team, um, you know, my my um, and my clients as well. And so um, I love Renee Brown. I have read so many of her books. And so um, I continue to follow her work on vulnerability, on um, just being courageous and, and brave and how to do it in a way where you're still um, gracious um, uh, with yourself and with others. Uh, one of the the latest quotes that I love is from uh, James Clear, uh, the author of Atomic Habits. Um, People do not rise to the level of their goals. People fall to the level of their systems. And so this is where I'm not just looking at goals and, and particularly like with my team and with my clients, my coaching clients, what are the systems that you can have in place to to help make sure that you can hold yourself accountable and that you can keep moving forward? Um, I'm also a part of this chief uh, network, a chief uh, community uh, that's there to help uh, women uh, executives. And so this is my second year being a member of chief. I um, am uh, religious about attending our core group meetings. Even when I have a full schedule, I know that I need it. When you're, when you're like a person like me who loves to pour out into others and you're serving and you're giving, um, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. So I have to have you know some people that can pour back into me, and so I uh, connect with the chief group. I go to uh, some of the webinars. I connect with uh, chiefs on in one-on-one sessions, and then I have a very um, really a wonderful community of CPOs um, that I engage with in CPO HQ. That's one of the networks, and then recently being a member of the Lattice CPO Council. Um, so it's so so cool being in human resources because we. Like we share so much with each other, we give to each other, uh, we reach out to each other. and so if there's something that I need, uh, whether it be tactically or strategically or just need support, I just have a, a great community of people that I can reach out to. Um, and then I have some other personal you know Facebook groups that I'm a part of where I can just get you know filled up um, and contribute as well. so we we give and I give, but we always make, make sure that we receive and so I just have to make sure that I'm spending time reading and listening to podcasts and and i've listened to to several of yours um um craig rochelle is another person i listen to Uh, james maxwell so i'm you know when i'm walking when i'm exercising i usually have a podcast on because i love to just kind of continue to fill myself up with knowledge and insights and wisdom so yes i'm a continual learner
0: you are a definitive (laughs) uh continuous learner there's no question about it Uh, regina It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you better and Khan Academy and the incredible mission that you are helping to advance. Khan Academy is a trailblazing organization that is solving some of our biggest educational challenges for our listeners who would like to learn more about Khan Academy and where career opportunities might lie with Khan Academy. Where might they go? Can you direct them?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So conacademy.org, go to our careers website. We actually are opening up a lot of roles. Um, And so you mentioned Instructure at the beginning of the call. Uh, There's just other, um, um, some some partnerships and things that we're working on. So we're trying to make sure that we have the staffing that we need, whether it be content creators or designers or um, engineers, Um, there's even um, you know, roles in uh, GNA. So there's roles that are there, but we're going to be opening up a lot more roles um, wh- over the next couple of weeks. And you can see them on LinkedIn as well. So they're posted on our Khan Academy Careers website, khanacademy.org um, backslash careers. But then you'll see them on LinkedIn as well. And so um, I'm just uh, super excited about us being able to hire and bringing in some additional talent so that we can further our mission of providing a free world-class education for anyone, anywhere. And I will tell you Spencer, I just appreciate what you're doing, Advancing Talents uh, podcast, the work that you're doing with your learners and the alumni at WGU. Um, so keep up the great work. Thank,
0: Thank you me. so much, Regina. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Have a wonderful day.
1: Me too.